Dimp Digital presents Idle Game Chat. Cool. So, Logan, we know the undisputed best way to start a podcast is with delay news. Yeah. But I want your opinion on whether this counts. It's a bit of a grey area. Yeah. And and people will want some clarifications on what the canon is. We've got Hogwarts Legacy has been delayed on the Nintendo Switch by nearly four months. So it's now going to launch on November the 14th, originally scheduled for July the 25th. Does that count as delay news, or is it now just an afterthought? The game's out on the main platforms and we don't care. Well, it does constitute a form of delay news. It's not official delay news in terms of a brand new release getting pushed mm. back. So I'd say it's it's within the scope. But Yeah, if you were running a Nintendo-only <laughs> podcast, this would be big news because... Yeah. I mean, I don't know why that's coming over. To, I, I, honestly, I don't know how it's going to run. It must be such a scaled-down version of it. I was going to ask it's such you about a this. Huge fucking game. It's massive. Because you played it on the Series X, and yeah. so did Adkins. Played it on the PS5, I believe. And I've mm. heard reports that it was creaking somewhat on those to a certain extent. Now, obviously, it's probably trying to push mm. more fidelity, more frames, etc. But mm. the general consensus was this is a quite an astounding looking game and a game with mm. large scope and they've just yeah. released it on the ps4 and the xbox one so it has been downported and it, it took them a few months to do that so it didn't go day and day and the reports on that are that yes they've done a good job of it but we know the switch's capability is below that of a ps4 below that of an xbox one mm. it's, it's obviously a handheld device that allows console kind of play through the dock how are they going to manage this? I mean, at least they're giving it the time, which suggests to me they're actually doing it, trying to mm. do it properly. Whereas if that was just chucked out, like some of the ports we've had on the Switch, mm. then you know they're not trying. But I feel like they're at least giving it every chance possible by giving it as, as many months mm. as possible. I mean, it's going to be, what, 10, 9, 10 months since it came out on the on the Series X and PS5. Mm. And, this, and they've already yet to push it back once for, since July. They've clearly looked at that and gone, not up to snuff, but is it any surprise? No, I, I, I don't think so. I mean, I always wonder, I don't think sheer size in of itself probably makes difference. I mean... No, I think you can look at Tears of the Kingdom and say that's not yeah. the case because that's got sheer size and it's, you know, it's fine for running on that handheld. Yeah. So they must just be literally scaling down graphically pretty much everything, draw distance, like you name it, it's probably all that kind of crap. Um so, I mean, it's hardly unsurprising. I don't think there'll be... I, I wonder what the demand is. Just, I, I say the demand. I wonder what the take-up would be to is, make it... Uh, how do you balance off that? Is it, is it worth the egg? Yeah. I mean, there's a hundred odd... people play it. There's a hundred odd million Switches out there. Mm. So there's more Switches than there are PS4s now. Mm. Um, but the data we don't have is how many of those Switches are... Only the Nintendo Switch in the household, yeah. and where, where, what's the crossover between people that either have a PS4 or an Xbox One or a PS5 or a Series X or even a PC, mm. where they just use the Switch for the exclusive stuff like like a Zelda that comes out, and mm. we don't we don't have much access to that data. I feel like 
I think that's a decent. I don't think that's a decent proportion, especially in the younger audience or mm. people who perhaps don't play games, like a parent who doesn't really play video games, but bought mm. a console for a, a youngster. You'd probably go for the Switch because mm. you just all those IPs there just fit so nicely in with you know yeah. someone who's who's in, in, mm. in the younger age of the audience. So that those sort of households may get a bit of take up, and it's Harry Potter and whatnot. And I don't know whether mm. a, a youngster would get on well with the complexities of this game, but. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's not that hard. No, I, mean, well. I mean, it can get a bit tricky, but like mechanically, it's not. There's not a whole raft of complexity in it. But I get. I know what you mean. It's it's not like as straightforward as perhaps not like a, some a other games. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's an. Int- I mean, look purely from a from a gaming perspective, making everything accessible on as many platforms as possible is is welcome. But yeah, I just wonder. I'd be intrigued to see the version that I played versus yeah. the version that someone might play on the Switch. Like they must be two, in some ways, vastly different looking games. They've got to be. Yeah, I mean, just the, you know, Occam's Razor suggests that, and we've seen other big ports come down, like The Witcher Three. You can play mm. on the Switch, and it's fine. Like for the, for the Switch, you run around in a handheld. Mm. it's fine it's paired back a lot but it runs it's not horribly buggy it's not like a complete mm. disaster so they seem to they, they can be done but it it takes time it's one of those things where i think if you're expecting a day and date third party release of, of scale and fidelity to come on the switch it's not going to happen mm. but i've argued this about the pc space with what sony have done it's like okay we haven't got the resources or we don't want to do it day and date but when we do the port we are going to try and make sure it's a good port for that platform. Now they fucked it up with the last of us part one. They really blew that. So <laughs> that theory is starting to look a bit thin, but I think genuinely mm. they've done a decent job with the likes of God of war and whatever mm. else they've released on there. And to mm. me, that's the right way to do it. You just focus on your core platforms of what you're targeting. So in this case, it was PS five and Xbox series X and PC. Didn't even mm. bother with PS four and Xbox one on release. You get that out the door, you make sure that's as good as possible, and then you're like, right, we've got these other platforms, let's now focus mm. a team or two working on those, and then hopefully, over time, the people that mm. are on those platforms get the best version that you can get for their mm. um, for their console or their or their their handheld. You gotta say, <clears throat> um they did pretty well mm. with Hogwarts. Like it would yes. have been easy for them to... I mean, you look what's happened with Redfall and a new developer yeah. doing something they're not used to doing. Yeah. And yeah. it just becomes an absolute shit show <laughs> versus Harry Potter where the game itself has got the depth and what everyone expected. Like, a lot of pressure. Tons. On that. Tons of pressure. People were waiting to rip it down because of the controversy yeah. surrounding Rowling as well. Yeah. Like, there I were, mean, yeah. Any excuse would have been... Yeah, any, yeah. any excuse and it would have been ripped to shreds. But... Yeah. You know they've done a a decent enough job, so yeah, because they focused on the priorities and then went, right. We'll do this iteratively. We'll get the primary, secondary, and then we'll work on whatever we want to after. And you know it'd have been easy for them to want to take up take on everything at once and try and do everything. But yeah. they've seemed to have, you know, arguably ninety percent, if not more, just delivered on everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, tip my hat to them. I think. You think about how difficult it must be to launch on so many different platforms at once. You know, all mm. the bug testing, all the specific intricacies of those. The more and more optimization, like, optimization for each different one. Yeah. yeah, it's just we've seen it time and time again. And it mm. seems like these days the PC side of things has been really neglected for big AAA games, and they've just been mm. 
hung out to dry, like Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Just not not mm. not great on all platforms, but particularly poor on PC. It's just like, well, would mm. they have been better off delaying a PC version and getting it right first time? Because that mud of it being crap on PC will stick. It's just a bit of a... Mm. Games do evolve, though. I mean, we've seen with No Man's Sky, if that can come back from the brink of... Yeah. absolute disgrace then and and now seemingly has some goodwill it can be done it's not like it was back in the day where they ship the disc you mm. go down to fucking Woolworths and buy it you That's take sad. it home if it's broken it's broken there's no other way through it <laughs> i think there's a, there's a um, i think it's like metroid other m there's a, that was a game that, that released mm. on well, that would be on maybe GameCube. Anyway, whatever whatever platform it released on, and it had like a game breaking bug in it that would corrupt people's saves. Nintendo actually offered a service where you send in the physical, you know, item back. They will fix the save and then send it back to you. And that's that was wow. the only way, that was the only way to yeah. do it back then. I so think we do have a bit of like like revisionism. Like mm. everyone always looks back on history largely with fondness, and I think everyone goes, "This never used to happen." Like mm. the fact that they could just now chuck out games and then yeah. basically issue patches. It's like that's a good thing. Yeah, like, I, yeah. Games I used to be fucking hard. Yeah, you could barely ever save them, and if there was something fundamentally wrong, that was it. That you was had to just deal it. with it. Yeah. Nowadays, there's a community. There's feedback. There's Twitter. There's like, also, you name it. you've got the visibility of these issues popping up almost at launch. Yeah. So if, you, so if you're just a bit careful, mm. you can avoid getting something that doesn't perhaps perform very well if you show mm. a bit of patience and just do your research. Whereas before, mm. what was you looking at? A fucking magazine that came out three weeks yeah. later. And even then, mm. you're just looking at screenshots. Mm. Like, there's so, yeah, much yeah, more, no, I agree. so much more yeah, information yeah. out there. But anyway... <laughs> Whether that constitutes a delay news, I think we're saying it doesn't. But interesting nonetheless, I wonder how mm. many more will take this approach. Um, I, feel, I was very surprised they even tried to do this <laughs> when, they, when they announced it. I think we had assumed yeah. it'll be one of those cloud titters where they're just like, yeah, you can play that through cloud on the Switch and that's how it'll be. But no, looking to do a, a <sighs> native version. It said apparently coming November 14th, 2023. So be interesting to see how that pans out in terms of sales. Mm. let's pause and do the intro so this is idle game chat dim digital's flagship video game podcast we talk a little bit about the game industry normally end with some level of impressions on a game that you can play today or sometimes some hardware impressions um and we'll look to continue that cadence going forward it's a grassroots and independent podcast independent endeavor as some people like to say mm. Patreon.com forward slash Dimp Digital is the place to go if you want to support that. My name's Apps. I'll be hosting you. And I'm alongside the FGL Grand Prix winner, Logan. So he's here again. Almost a permanent slot now other than you know holidays and whatnot. So mm. you can always expect it to happen. Mm. And uh, Basically get feet up very occasionally these days. Yeah, you need um, those bank holidays back. Yeah. I've got some sort of, I feel like I've got some sort of prestige on this podcast now. Like beforehand, I was just assigned like a ref. I was that's it. Like thinking, why is he on here? Now I've actually got some sort of credence behind me. When the, like, when the Grand Prix, it goes down the record books. Well, it's just one of those things where it's like, oh, he does. I mean, know something about video games. I don't know about that. I mean, it's I'm not a guru, but there's some sort of substance behind it. Does that make sense? Yeah, I get it. Yeah. So it's, when you say that, it kind of goes, right, people go, oh, 
He's he's won something to do with video games. All right, it's a digital competition. No one, it's not exactly <laughs> world renowned, but there's something. There's a, there's a sliver of credibility. There is something to it. That's, that's the main aim for me to get everyone to win something, so that when they're introduced, they've got an accolade, and then people don't just roll their eyes and go, "Who's this?" They go, oh, "He's won something." No, no one needs to know how easy it is to win these competitions. Although I would argue the Grand Prix is the hardest to win. Simply because uh, the amount of people yeah. and the amount of games, you're really not in control of your list. You submit 30-odd mm. games, and you're lucky if you get close to your top 10. Most stuff will be coming out in the low mm. 20s. Like, it really is a bit of a... It's hard. I thought it was like Man City with the European Cup. I was like, I'm, like the Champions League. I thought, I'm never going to get there. It's just, mm. like, I've got some sort of curse on me, the way it's gone. Um, yeah. Well, people are saying Adkins is now that, because really a man of his ability and knowledge should have... Mm. Should have won everything by now, and he hasn't. Mm. And Hall, yeah, but it's like Hall's forever you get been cocky, cocky, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, they do. They yeah. get cocky, and they try and be rather than sticking. Like I always get criticisms over the football managers and things like that. It is <laughs> literally a guaranteed mid eighties. It's yeah. like instead of having to worry about ten games, you worry about nine. Yeah, and the more of those you can get in there, the better. Whereas someone like an Adkins or or a Hall would go with something a little bit. More left field, I feel, just to just to, uh, there's a there's a desire to find the hidden gems. I yeah. think these days, that's that's where people get snarled up sometimes. Yeah, it's it's not easy, but it'd be interesting to see how this year's pans out. We'll get into mm. that actually because we do have some reviews to check in on on the Grand Prix <laughs> side of things. Mister Adcock, who was basically coerced into transferring this game in the last window, it's Lego Two K Drive. And um, I can't remember exactly what went down. I felt like someone posted it in the group whilst it was when it was announced, and he took the plunge almost immediately to transfer yeah. it in, thinking he'd just snap it up. And what's ultimately transpired is it's sitting on a seventy-two, so minus the five points that he'd usually get, and we got a we got a sub seventy game that's just rolled into his team. So Adcock was flying high with his sort of eighties average that he had, and in the mm. last. Three weeks, he's had Redfall on a 58 and Lego 2K drive on a 72. So it's plundered his average down to the to the 77s, which is where everyone else is. It really is a struggle this year for people to get mm. any sort of consistency. Yeah. But Lego 2K I drive, I mean, yeah. it looked I mean, like it could have done all right. Well, <laughs> you're asking a lot. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, with a Lego game, it's already got Lego in front of it, which, you know, is always a bit of a concern. I actually think this game, in terms of what I've seen in the highlights, isn't like a bad game. Like, mm. it's 7 out of 10 for a Lego game. No, yeah. I mean, you know, it's probably not too bad. But when you've got that five-point um, penalty, you really have to be careful around what you're subbing in. Yeah. And... When this one come up, it was literally in the group. I think someone said, oh, like this one's something or other. And he just went, yep, yep. transfer immediately. And I was, you know, you look at it, you go, have you thought that one through yeah. properly, Tom? Because <laughs> I ain't convinced about that with your five-point penalty. But, you know, you don't know. No. You, ultimately, you don't know. But it's not going to come out and be an 85. No. Because that's no. what you're looking for. We've been through this when I've talked talk to you about transfers before. Like, you really need it to be within a good chance of getting mid 80s so you at least get an 80 off something it is yeah i i, I mean it, it, 
Yeah, that, I mean, he did say, "Well, that's it for another year." And you have to think when you're fucking well, fifty-eight and a sixty-seven. That's it's going to make it tricky. True, but he's still like I say, he's only ten points yeah. off like people who've got the same amount of games as him. So papers like top of that that mm. kind of cluster of people with five games out, and he's three yeah. seven eight, and papers three eight eight. So no one's really running yeah, away yeah. from it. Like it really is quite tight. Adkins is obviously the outlier. He's only got Zelda out, so he's got a ninety seven. But that's mad. Yeah, I mean it, that may end up just piling up the misery. And if he gets to a mid eighties average halfway through, you'd 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 fancy him just to walk through that, but. Everyone else has struggled. It's been really tough this year on some people. Um, There's been some strange decisions made across the board, though, I think. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's easy for me to sit here and just sort of call everyone stupid, and that's certainly not the case. It's hard. Been there. But Redfall, when you look at Adcock, was always a bit of a gamble. I mean, no one expected it to score that low. But again, when we're talking about I've said the bar you really want is to aim for a sort of mid eighties and then expect it to drop from there a little bit. Yeah. Was that ever really gonna I was never convinced it was gonna get that anyway. No. And then Lego two K drive, again, are you really expecting that to get mid eighties? Uh, that that's how I <laughs> try and approach it. Is like is that in with in with a chance of a mid eighties? Probably right. not. Well, it hasn't, probably not. It doesn't matter, does it? And it hasn't. Yeah. It hasn't delivered. Well, let's take a look at some of the review breakdowns from Open Critics. So I do the, the highest scoring and then the lowest scoring as well. So we get a little bit of balance rather than the most popular. So first up is from Well Played Ash Wailing. Okay, so these, Ash. these are the higher <laughs> end of the reviews. And this is a top critic, so they've assigned them. They actually count towards the score. Lego 2K Drive rips up the tarmac with its confident self-identity and gorgeous worlds, delivering one of the most outright enjoyable arcade races in modern history. Nine out of ten. No. No? Not, don't I like. can't... Uh, uh, really? <laughs> like, you're basically putting that almost on a par with, like, Forza. I know, yeah. Well, they like, are. That's simply what, yeah, that's what they're trying to say there. Um, to Mad. be honest, when I looked at this, I thought, obviously, it's, it's an open world mm. style game. I was like, this could fit that that genre quite nicely mm. with, with the Lego skin over the top of it and all the wackiness you can do. But it, obviously, I don't mean it's tr- it's not it's not as good as Forza Horizon based on a critical reception. So that doesn't seem to have resonated with people. Next no. one, God, what is this? Press start, Kieran Verbrugge. I love this. V- this is probably the favourite part. Is like trying to go through. That. I should just pick easier names. There's a Justin Towel down there I could have chose, but I didn't. No, no, v- no, don't. V e r b u g g e. Vivian Bruges. Honestly, I you, don't. I can't do much with that, Kieran. Sorry. And he's got. He's one of those Kieran's that's got an O in it somewhere. It's like I, I don't like. What? The, yeah. Anyway, mm, I don't. Concerning. Been, it hasn't been translated, so it wasn't like a. Mm. And one from abroad. Anyway, Lego 2K Drive is a wildly impressive triple threat of great Lego of a great Lego game, a great open world adventure, and a mm. great racing game. Whether you want to challenge your friends in slick and exciting head-to-head races, tackle a hefty single-player campaign stuffed with varied and plentiful content, or just spend hours building your own Lego vehicle brick by the brick, you're absolutely covered here. 
A couple of issues aside, this is easily the best multi-platform arcade racer around. So they've qualified it there mm. by not getting snarled up in. How the f- many is there? No, no, it's not. It's That's not what there. I would say. If you're putting it in that category, <laughs> then I'm struggling to think of any almost noteworthy. So yeah. it's almost out there on its own. It's a struggle, yeah. Interesting. Eight point five though. So mm. he's loving it. Oh my god. Yes. So we're on to the bad stuff. Here we go. Good gaming, name. Gaming bolt. Um, Shabanka Parijat. <laughs> Shabanka. Right. Okay. Did not expect that. There's there's fun to be had with Lego 2K Tribes snappy drive mechanics, vibrant biomes, and creation and customization. So I don't like that. And 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 so quickly together. It's bad. It's poor. Vibrant biomes mm. and creation and customization mechanics. That's not. No, you, I was you always put told, a comma. Yeah, I was always told and's the final part of the list. It is. Anyway. You're right. But issues such as its inconsistent AI, dull open world implementation, and somewhat grindy progression hold the experience back. So he's got the end correct at the end there. Mm. Uh, Struggled on the first one, didn't he? Six out of ten, though. So Mm. not happy. And then let's go to the Metro, boys. No named Metro. Metro Game Central. The offensive microtransactions aren't a surprise, but the tedious open-world structure obscures what is a a surprisingly nuanced and technical arcade racer. Six out of ten. So they're not happy. Microtransactions. That's the thing. They're the first... I mean, this is only a... I'm sure Mm. the the reviews would have mentioned it in the body, but they've at least put that towards the end and Mm. said, look, that's what it's up to. So based on what you've heard, based on what you've seen, based on the scores... Is this going to go onto the menu for a potential game to play? I mean, I don't know how much big a fan you are of arcade races in general, but... I do like them. I'd liked... I think it was Forza Horizon 2. Do you I like quite a lot. real cars rather than yeah. Lego 2? Yeah, I mean, I enjoy... I've always Petroid. liked... Yeah, I like the real cars. I like building a little garage of real cars mm. and, you know, sort of getting a car that I like for each type of race and doing that sort of stuff is what I like doing. Um, I don't know. I mean, I love Lego. I've always liked Lego since I was a kid. So you'd imagine there's a match made in heaven. But I often find that the Lego games are targeted towards children. Yeah. Um, understandably, because it's a, it's a children's toy, arguably. Well, listen to this I, I, one. Sort of, Keith hmm. Stewart, The Guardian. The open world race where beautiful environments are crammed with delightfully destructible Lego goodies will have kids smiling while they play. Three out of mm. five stars. That's what's mm. lowered it down. So you're right. I think this is generally where it seems to be settling in. Yeah, and that's not a surprise because it's like surely if you're an adult, you'd be going for a Forza Horizon or what? Like, do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, I think I, I wouldn't rule it out, but I, I'm not. It's not something that I'm like itching to go and play. I, I wouldn't no. say. I, I, I don't. I imagine I'd probably get a bit bored of it quite quickly yeah i mean it's yeah it it tends to be one of those things i mean i wouldn't necessarily be looking at this just from a just not interested really in usually in arcade races so Mm. this was never going to get you're more of a sim man aren't you yeah well simcade i think they call it an an outright sim is just too hard like you can't do it on a controller like it's whatever but 
Mm. You know, the F1 games I like because I like the F1. I, like, I need to have some sort of attachment to the motorsport element, which I think I've said yeah, plenty yeah, of times before. But mm. not going to get a look in for me, even if it drops on a Game Pass or a PlayStation Plus. I just don't really think mm. I'm going to dive into it. And the reviews aren't stellar. Whilst not a disaster, they aren't mm. great for an FGL team. So no. Adcock, unfortunately, lumbered with that. Um, I'll just quickly do the table. Biff's still in the lead. He's the only one with eight games out, though, so he's almost finished for the season. Average of 77, 618 points. Then we've got Paper, Salmon, Hall, Adcock, all with five games, varying points, just all within a 10-game sort of, uh, sorry, a 10-point cluster there. And as I said, Adkins, the outlier, one game out, 97. If he keeps that average up, he'll be a record-breaker, but almost impossible to happen oh. you're obviously unchanged with parky six games out average of 88 which is very good mm. 523 points parky with three games out average of 77 231 points so a 292 point gap mm. um you are sitting you will pretty. yeah i mean you feel that that score will that average will slowly right. come down well you, the thing is you, you're over halfway with six games out so unless you have a real mm. howler It'll only come down a little bit. I mean, this is... I mean, I don't want to say it, but this is like Arsenal territory where they should have won it. You're sort of, you would you've feel sort, that. You've sort of got that lead yeah. where it would be seen as a bottle job, I think, at this stage. It would be a blow. Yeah. It, it, but, you know, it, it, I can't remember. I think when I looked at it, I've got still got some good games to come out. I don't think I've got anything there that is a particular huge concern from memory. There's always that home world lurking, which I think was... Oh, yes. <laughs> Bollocks. That's, that's the banana skin for, that. for some. Uh, yeah, but I, I kind of feel like this, that's a win-win for me. I still right, feel yeah. like if that scores well, then... It's titles. Then it's titles, and I look like the genius for leaving it in. And mm. if it scores shit, then I'll forever curse paper with providing me with that load of old toot. Is, so, that, is that worth giving up the title for, though? Uh, almost, yeah. <laughs> the thing is, again, it goes back to this. What can I see out there that could probably score or within a chance of an 85? Because mm. that's, again, where you're looking. And when we looked at it um, in the last transfer window, I was a bit like, well, there isn't anything, at least to me or the group that was obvious. Papers no. sitting on the fence because you don't want to admit defeat on it. <laughs> and then the... But I don't know. I'll have a look here again in the next transfer window, see if there's anything else about it. But it could. This is. I think when I looked at the last one, was like the last homeworld, like in the seventies somewhere. Yeah, I think. there was. So yeah, it's a bit up and down. I think they did like a remastered package, which was well thought of. And but mm. yeah, it's so bit, I think it, it, this is the problem. If it scores a seventy-seven, I've got to at least find a game that's an eighty-two to make it worthwhile. Yeah, I think that's where I was. I was. I find it a bit tricky, but that will more than likely bring the average down in yeah. at least a couple of points you'd expect. Yeah. So you've got Homeworld 3, Final Fantasy 16, Pikmin Form, Football Manager 2024. Yeah. And the other three you would say would be solid, barring yeah. a, a particular disaster on either of the Final Fantasies or the Pikmins. And Football Manager, as you said earlier, is just a solid low 80s, <coughs> maybe a high 70s, which is not any disgrace, but probably mm. not worth transferring out just for this you know you know it's going to come out and you know it's probably going to be solid but we will mm. see um parky on the other side's got a lot of games still to start hitting so he needs to build up that average and start to put some pressure on you because at the moment it feels like you're just able to sit there in cruise control and just basically uh, ride it out yeah 
I mean, <laughs> it, when when the game list come out, come come out, come out, and we were working through it, I was like, this feels. I think the ones that I was worried about, I was a bit worried about Jedi um, Survivor, and I think I was mm. also a bit. I managed to transfer out um, the other game, Suicide, uh, Squad. Suicide Squad. So I kind of got rid of the. I've got the two that were kind of concerning me. Homeworld really is the last one, but other than that, I feel like I had a really strong selection of games. And you know, when you looked at Parky's list, you probably felt like they were they they could have scored highly, but you mm. felt like they were teetering perhaps on the other side of it. So, yeah, I think overall it's been it's gone well so far, is what I'd say. But yeah. um, it's, it's as we always s- know, with a Logan effort, it, yeah. I can I'm quite. Quite capable of snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. Faltering at the line. I mean, Barkey has got some powerhouses, like Starfield, providing mm. they get that right. Baldur's Gate 3. I mean, he's mm. got Final Fantasy VII Rebirth in there, which will have to be transferred out. I just, I don't think that's coming this year. Diablo 4, mm. that'll probably do really yeah. well. Spider-Man yeah. 2, that'll, be, that'll do really well. Yeah, yeah. Hollow Knight Silk Song, if it comes out, will do pretty well. Mm. And then Forza Motorsport, which is a bit of an unknown, but usually solid. So it's not, yeah. it's, it's not over. It's just that he's sort of sitting there with only three games and he's got a 71 from Destiny which has hampered his progress mm. somewhat but yeah. I think it'll get interesting once we get the likes of Diablo and Spider-Man and uh, Starfield out those sort of three yeah. will start to set the tone a little bit and we'll see I still we're... don't know about Starfield you know I, I I think everyone's caught up in hopium a little mm. bit and just expecting that that's going to be unbelievable yeah I hope it uh, is, but yeah, I, no, I'm I'm not, you know, purely from a gaming perspective, an FGL perspective or yes. Grand P perspective. I I don't want it to be, but from an overall gaming, an Xbox delivery perspective, I want it to be really well received. But I haven't, I haven't, I'm not sure. Is that going to be like a nineties? Well. Perhaps not. I mean, the confidence just isn't there now. I mean, it's, this it's, is the trouble. It's, it's, it, an, it's well earned, mm. unfortunately, from their perspective. When the big AAA mm. seventy UK pan games come along, they've they faltered. So, two right people are concerned about it. But don't know. Not 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 too far because we're going to see a little bit in a couple of weeks from their showcase. That'll be yeah, have, yeah. Have its own mm. little bit there. That'll be good to get some more information. And then September will come around quickly, which I think is the release month, and we'll soon be finding out about a lot of this. Speaking of reviews and review scores, now, obviously, Tears of the Kingdom lurking on the 97 still, so it's held that for a week, which we mm. speculated could go down because the number of reviews were not in the hundreds like they were for the other games, but, you know, it's still sitting on a 97 holding strong. The wake of Tears of the Kingdom has caused all manner of noise from from, from both sides. You've got the people who, you know, have got the defense force out saying don't say a bad thing about it you know it can't be no criticisms everything's completely perfect shut up then you've got the hipsters who are like well it can't be that good let's just pick holes in it and pull it down blah blah, blah. how can that be a 10 how can that be a perfect score and that's what i wanted to frame this topic around review scores and look we cast aside the fgl which is built upon review scores but do we need them are they a hassle because when you say something is a 10 out of 10, are you not alluding to the fact that it's kind of perfect? It's the top scoring element. Whereas if you just came up mm. with another way to articulate it's a really good, great game, like special, would that, 
get rid of some of the noise and the squabbling and the crying about it being too high. Because as soon as you say 10 out of 10, they say, well, look, those frames drop when you activate that fucking power mm. or whatever it might mm. be. What's your view on these review scores? Because I know you don't like the five-star five system. That's been criticised roundly by you and consistently throughout the years. But mm. do we need scores at all? Can we get away with a, a more nuanced system? Like a, uh, I don't know, like a platinum, silver, bronze type. So I don't know. Just, just throw it out everyone there. Everyone knows that Dim Digital's dabbled in multiple different scoring yes. systems over the years and has never really settled on, on a truly <laughs> acceptable format. And I think it is something that everyone struggles with now my own personal perception is is that really they are an indicator and mm. an indicator only um largely so using football manager do i even care about a review score for that no no like i know do you know what i mean though but it, you know, well, if it, it doesn't... came out and it was a 60 would you not think hang on what's happened here is there like some catastrophic technical issues with it like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so i, I think yeah, arguably, if it was if it dropped massively, I'd mm. want to understand what they've done and why. Um, but I think I think it's okay to give something a ten. Like mm. it doesn't have to be. I wouldn't expect something to be perfect to get a ten. I'd expect it to be pretty damn near it. But it's on my in my view, it would be a scale of how much. Have you enjoyed this? It's like a comparative and a relative scale. So mm. it's it, there's no set criteria of what is a ten. It's it's all subjective anyway. Yeah. And I would say, you know, from my perspective, if someone said to me, "God of War, Ragnarok," mm. I would go, "That's a 10. Like mm. from my own perspective, because yeah, it's not perfect, but it's about as close to that as you're going to get in, in a complete game. Graphics, story, narrative, pretty much everything has got it all. Yeah. Um, so I think I look at it from that perspective. I think it's fine to grade things on a scale of 1 to 10. I think it's fine to give things a 1. I think it's fine to give things a 10. But there's this like accepted norms, I think, um, within the community at large that goes... You know, and we've spoke about it before. When you say if something's a six, you say six fundamentally. There's nothing broken, and then you move either way up and down from a six, mm. and that's your own personal way of grading games, if you like. Yeah. Whereas someone else might have something completely different. They just go, you know, in the term, in the way that I grade a film in our film group, I just go from one to ten. How much did I enjoy that? Mm. Really. And then just plonk it in there somewhere along the along the line, um, but I largely think this is where Open Critic and Metacritic and everything comes into play is because if you use that, yeah, it gives you the best overall barometer, the ups and the downs of of where that overall enjoyment sits in terms of a score. Um, so I think they are needed, yeah. And I think, as we've discussed before, it's just a temperature check, isn't it? Before you get that game to go, is this along the lines of what I would be expecting, yes or no? And then if it's not, you can delve into the detail further with perhaps some of the some of the uh, specific reviewers that you're, mm. you're, you align to best in terms of what you want from a game and, and who you want a better term, quote-unquote, trust to give yeah. an opinion that's aligned to yours. 
Is that not a problem though that you just check the score and then nothing else that you might miss? So, that, so look at the Lego mm. 2K drive. The only reason we knew about the microtransactions because one of the blurbs had it at the bottom. Mm. If you just check the score at that and said, "Oh, that's an acceptable level," yeah. I'll, I'll go out and buy it. Mm. You may be misinformed because you miss certain nuances. Does the score detract from? Because I know what people do. They mm. see the review, they go to the bottom of the page, they check the score, and then they they log off, and that's it. Like people mm. aren't. I don't think most people are reading or listening to the the what's being said in the review, and I think the score, in some ways, compounds that because it's just such an easy. Mm. You know what people are like nowadays, and me included. Mm. You don't want to give your attention to anything more than a few minutes. You want to be doing the next thing, the next thing. And if yep. you if you feel like you can ingest a level of critique by looking at a number and walking away, you absolutely will. Mm. Whereas if I see, I'm the opposite though, because I don't like my opinion to be soured by others. Mm. Like I like, I, I, I want. You're on those football general... blogs talking about Spurs. No, no. So what I mean by that, in terms of a game, is if someone goes, "Oh, you know, it's got such a the AI is dumb," I'll go in there going, "I'm expecting the AI to be dumb." Yeah. Like look without. Well, yeah. Well, rather than just going in there and just judging it blind, really, and on my own opinions, I'm already. I'm already, con- I'm already suffering from conscious bias. It's not even unconscious bias at this point. Yeah. It's a conscious bias towards certain elements of the game. Someone goes, the shooting mechanics are fantastic. And I go, well, they must be great. Mm. Like, and then all of a sudden, I'm thinking they're beyond critique. Or if there's something <laughs> wrong with them, it's my yeah. fault, not so the am games. I, am I doing you a disservice by reading out these review, blo- these review blurbs, dropping no, I mean, you negative know, it, it, positive thoughts into your head? No, but I'm, all I'm saying is, is when, that's my per- like. I didn't look at any of the reviews for Hogwarts. I didn't. I I don't look really at any of the reviews for games before I buy them, mm. at all. Beyond what we do on this podcast, um, you know, I know the scores. I know how they're scoring, um, and it will affect my opinion. Like Redfall, for example, was something oh. that you and I were both going mm, sniffometer potential. Maybe yeah. score comes out. No, like so. I think. <laughs> It's got a place in terms of determining what's on the menu, but ultimately, if the things I want to play come out and score well, I would still want to play them. Mm. I don't, and then I don't want my overall experience to be sullied by some bias from a review. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah it absolutely does. What about if we used rather than a out of ten or out of five, whatever? We went for like a because Open Critic does have this metric in it. It's like critics recommended. Yeah, yeah. And basically, they some of the published mm. published articles put forward like here's what the score is, and we'd recommend it. Like they share that yeah. with Open Critic, and they ingest that. Would that be more or less useful than a here's here's your score out of a hundred, which you can never get aggregate. You're never going to get a hundred out of hundred game on Open Critic. No. It's simply impossible. It's not impossible, but impossible. Very, mm. very. Yeah, you got to live in a world of reality, and I don't think that reality exists in this timeline that we're in. But would a would a critics recommend, which is at ninety nine percent, be yeah. be of use to you, um, even more or less, because that kind of gets rid of the arbitrary numbers, gets rid of all the mm. weird scaling with out of five and out of ten. You know, a three out of five gets to sixty, which is a bit of a weird way of doing it, because that really pulls down. The yeah. aggregate score, and you look at something at like Lego 2K Drive just for some comparison. Thirty-eight percent recommend that, so it's in the lower mm. end of, of you know what mm. would be acceptable. Could yeah. that be a useful metric, or is that just a an added sort of benefit, or is that something you you wouldn't rely on? You'd, you'd always check the scores. 
Well, I I don't really care whether they recommend it or not. I think the score tells whether overall whether it's worth playing or not. Um, I think something, you know, five and six, you know, 58, 60 something. So pretty much just not. Redfall, 14% recommended. Yeah. I mean, but I've already made that decision for myself. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I don't understand what additional. I mean, I see that, that you know, it goes strong, strong score and all that. And it's, yeah. it's I, I've seen that. But overall, I think if something is middling, I might want to understand why. But overall, I'd probably have already got that perspective from all everything, all the articles that we read and the discussion. Like I don't, yeah. From my perspective, I've already largely made a decision about what I'm going to play and what I'm not. Mm. There might be some things that crop up using high fi rush as an example. Something that might crop up onto games with gold or these little gems well, that come they, out of they, nowhere. They led you up the garden path of high fi rush eighty nine. Yeah, I mean I, that 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 was overhyped in my view it, it got a little bit too ahead of itself but i think you know for the first sort of hot third and half of that game i was enjoying it and, it, and fundamentally it's not a bad game i just felt mm. like it run out of steam um but i think it's basically what i'm looking for is is this largely what i'm expecting if the answer is yes yeah then fine it, what i'm really looking for are the anomalies so the unexpected games that are good and worth playing i.e a hi-fi rush style game yeah or something that i was really excited for that's absolutely flopped i.e yeah. a redfall that's yeah. they're the, they're the extremes that i'm looking for really which mm. is what what the scores flush out and anything that lands in between that you know even if a football manager got a 75 like yeah. It, do you know what I mean? Like I'm not, I'm not going to be sitting here going, "Ooh, why is it eight <laughs> points below?" I yeah. just go, "Fine, it's within that acceptable range. I'll play it." Like I don't need to delve too much into the detail, and I'll make my own mind up. Um, so that's largely where I sit with review scores. But I know everyone, and I think the further down the rabbit hole you go, you perhaps become a bit more uh, invested or interested in how things are scored and the intricacies around that. Um, and I understand, you know, because you place a reliance on it. Do are people taking these things too seriously then? Because what I I I have said many times, they're a useful tool, as we yeah. as you put it, as a barometer check. And you said it flushes out the anomalies, stuff that like humanities come to PlayStation Plus Extra. I had my eye on it, like one mm. eye. It's scoring like an eighty-five. And I'm like, that sounds like it could be pretty good, like this new like. Mm version of lemmings basically like yeah yeah when that menu's getting divvied up to, to go to mm. the next phase that'll be lurking somewhere in a list so i've always said it's a useful tool to, and similar to you it flashes out the anomalies but what the conversation just seems to like tears of the kingdom rather than people speak about the game they just want to speak about the score whether it's right I or don't wrong know why though well that's what like, that, that's yeah i, 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 mean, I, I, I find it bizarre that people go oh it's not a 10 well, to someone it is. I have to admit, I do that to wind people. Like you've heard me yeah, crap yeah, on yeah. Elden Ring and yeah. Tears of the Kingdom. Like give it little jabs. Like mm. it's fine. But genuinely, I yeah. don't. I, I don't care. It's a. Um, yeah. It's. Yeah. It, it'll be, it is what it is at the end of the day. And mm-hmm. it's, it's as long as it's not like blind faith or like blind yeah. bias, where you just go look. Like this is fucking broken. Why is that getting that? Like yeah. I think there's there's again there's there's. Well, that doesn't, long- and that's hard to do, I think, because there's so many mm. review reviewers that input into the score. 
So yeah, even yeah, if yeah. even if a handful of them decide to take the whatever the Nintendo bump or whatever they call it, like yeah, you think yeah. over time, eventually enough people who input to these scores would mm. wouldn't all be in that same boat. And I think that yeah. I think generally, you know, it's born out. Anything above a nineties probably really good. In the eighties, good. Seventies is still good. It's when it gets below mm. the seventies, you kind of look and think, hmm. Yeah, the yeah, critical yeah, mass agreed. of games yeah. of like stuff that I'm interested in generally scores eight year above just and that's not mm. because I target them that's just generally how it is so anything that's below yeah. that has to be considered and that's mm. the, that's the sort of tooling I use and yeah it's it's I think they're they're very useful for that temperature check like mm. is there something in that game that is fundamentally better if you like than I was expecting in which case it brings it up the menu doesn't it yeah um and is there something in there or a set of things, as you know, like a Redfall, where it's just fundamentally not very good and not what was expected, where it 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 just falls down and off the menu? And I think that's what you're looking to do is you're looking to go because when you look at a list of games and you, you you know when they present the showcases and everything, you go oh you go that you, you sort of go I'll pencil that in for yeah. want of a better term, keep an eye on it, put it on the sniffometer. And then things fall up and down the sniff, sniff on it to the point where they go above other things and, yeah. you know, drop off. And I think that's what the reviews do, is that it backs up some of that earlier views that you had on the game and, you know, impressions and discussions and showcases to legitimise that view where you go, right, okay, that's, pen, that's you know, I'll put that in pen now. Yeah. Um, I think that's what you're really looking for from them is just that, that overall has the community received this as expected. Yeah. I always go back to the Callisto Protocol, which is a 67. Adkins and I, and I think Adcock who's played it, really enjoyed it. But a 67 really yeah. is not up to snuff, usually. Like, that's not really something that I... Was that what you scored at? Yes. <laughs> yes. On what basis? It's just not I, deep enough, and the it's enemies a bit too, get a bit it's too, too linear. There was there were yeah. technical issues for I think mostly for Xbox and PC again. Too linear great. annoys me. Can I just I say? Know, yeah, this is, I'm right, that is a, that. such a bullshit thing because I've been I tried to play yeah. Star Wars uh, Fallen Order oh, right. Yes, <laughs> and my biggest fucking complaint about that game so far is it's not linear enough. No, and that map doesn't help. It's so bad it's that it makes. So fucking poor why is that game not linear why is the fact that a game's linear a criticism these days it's just yeah. bullshit sorry i just really wound me up when i heard that well callisto protocol got set up to be the the, the successor to Spiritual dead space successor. and yeah. it was never going to be that and you you see that in the reviews that oh this is not dead space or this is you know and it's like i don't think that's I mean, they kind of touted it as that, but I don't know if they mm. ever said this is the next Dead Space because they, they, I don't think they would. But yeah, yeah, I mean, that was that's one of the anomalies where that's that's if that was a game I wasn't looking at, like mm. if it was just a random, I just wouldn't even give it a second mm. chance. But I had it earmarked, and I was like, oh. And when it came mm. out, I think it was in the mid seventies, and I was like, that's an acceptable standard. Went through it, and I was like, this is fine, this is solid, but. Mm. Really cracked I'm surprised. Critics, but yeah. I think that's where people expecting something and it didn't hit the highs of the expectations. So, yeah. And that's, you know. that's a tricky balance because mm. we all say, well, we go in there with no expectations and no, it's like, well, you do. You do. Yeah. Like, I don't know why yeah. people can't just, same with the reviewers. Like everyone goes in with a level of bias or preference yeah. and people like to say, no, this is an objective view of the game. It's, like, it's, it's absolutely not. None of these scores no. have got any 
slice of objectivity that makes up the majority of what score they're giving it. This is all this is always subjective exercise. Yeah. And, that, and the sooner people just accept that, the sooner they'll stop getting so pissy about it, either, <laughs> yeah. either up or down, won't they? Because they make out like the scores are, are, are some sort of objective kind of viewpoints. Like it's really not. I've always, I say I've always said recently, my new thing is that the, the only real objective thing left in a game is its technical performance. And like, because that's raw data mm. and raw numbers that you can, yeah, yeah, yeah. you can measure and everything Runs else. 120 frames. Yeah, 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 whatever yeah. It How many crashes yeah. you have, you could track yeah. that over the course of your play. So it's all that sort of stuff that can be done. Whereas mm. anything else, like, oh, the, the combat's good. So, well, you think it's good, but I might, might sit down with that and go, that's fucking awful. Yeah, they might but, love quick time events. <laughs> they might. I, I don't mind them. <laughs> Mm. When I see him, I think, oh, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to die because I very rarely fail him. So I think it's like an yeah. easy little checkpoint to get to. Thank you. Last part on this. Yeah. So we mentioned it earlier. We've got the different scoring methods. Do people just need to agree to use out of ten? Because you, I've, yeah. I think why don't you like be... this five star system? Because as we've already alluded to, they go three out of five. You go, yeah. well, that's six out of ten. But that's because six. That's because out of tens. That my point on the t- out of ten is: do we need ten scores, and do we need decimals of each digit? No. So, so do, do we need a hundred points to play with? No. No, you need like I say, you ten. need five. I don't even. Uh, but who's really using the full scale to any level of, of acceptable degrees? Like, so the reason. Uh, let me back this up. Go on. Right. So. The Metacritic scores are out of 100. Right. Yes, 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 yes. Right. So if you do something out of 10, it lends to an out of 100 score. Right. But that is an arbitrary framework that's been set up. I'm saying, why can't OpenCritic, why can't Metacritic go, right, out of 10 is not right. Let's do it more out of a a star system or a five out of five system. What's the obsession with 110? Because that's an arbitrary number. So even so, the the way that I would see it is, you do the five star system, and there's no half stars because it's bullshit. If we're doing half stars, do three the and a half stars. System. No, do the t- out of ten system then. So you okay. you can't have you can't have, you can't have both, both. Okay, you should either agree that things can be five, four, three stars. Like the three stars becomes kind of like the acceptable, like barometer. Yeah. Below three stars, you have got two and one. It's unacceptable. Like you. But I, I just think you just got that extra little bit of um, nuance in an out of ten system. Like I think there's a, li- it gives you a bit more detail. Like something that's a seven out, like in the in in the five star system, it's four stars or three stars. Yeah. Like you'll see that a lot. In the out of ten, you've got a seven. Like, and you know roughly it's in the middle. It's not at the bottom. It's not at the top. Like you've just got a little bit more nuance in an out of ten system. That I like. Mm. They so, score everything. Like what? Like when they do show jumping or whatever it is, and all this stuff and ice skate. It's all out of tens. We've, it's an established system. We score things out of ten. We don't yeah, score things a, out of five. There's a lot of things that we used to do and don't do any more because it's poor. So someone needs to come along and sort this out. Mm-hmm. My main contention with the out of 10 is that no one's using the lower half of the score. So what's what's the point in having the scale there? We should. It, we should, this but they're what, not. And this is yeah. the problem. They're not going to, and there's no consistency, which kind of ties back to the review scores. If we're not consistently applying the numbers, mm. I mean, how useful is it really? Because there's all these... I mean, if, one, if any of these films are shit, I'll go, it's a three or four out of 10. Like, I will call that out. Like, yeah. I've got no objection to using the lower end of the system when required. <laughs> like, 
it's just because everyone gets scared, I think, in the industry of going, oh, it's a four out of ten. And everyone goes, yeah. why? It's fundamentally fucked. It's yeah. like, well, who's set this middle of the ground as the acceptable? Well, why is f- five or six out of ten acceptable? To be fair, in the film side of things, five stars was the, that's for my understanding, that's where that kind of scoring method come from. So it's it's the likes of Metacritic that have come along and said, oh, need it to be out of 100, and then you've got Rotten Tomatoes, which is out of 100%, all this sort of stuff. Yeah. But Rotten Tomatoes is interesting. It's actually kind of more of what I think could be useful, and it's it's recommendation mm. again. It's not scores. So you, yeah. you might see a, score, a film score 70 mm. on Metacritic, but it's got a 92% fresh score because they're saying, you know, mm. 92% of the critics think it's worth seeing at some level, whereas I don't care if it's a 7 they don't matter to me. But, I don't know. I think, so you're saying 10 out of 10, but they can't use any decimal places, so it's just out of a 10. Yeah. Okay. So no 6.5. But even if you do use, but my point is, even if, even if you know, you know there's never going to be some legislation that comes in over this and goes, right, <laughs> pack this in. We're using a universal game scoring matrix now, and here's the regulation. But I think even if they're, basically, if we moved more to the out of 10, and even if they did want to use... A 7.5, an 8.2. I don't know no. how you decide that. I don't know how in your brain you'd go, well, it's slightly better than an 8. Mm, it's not quite an 8.3. Like, I don't know how that's, you... That's nonsense, the yeah. 8 point. I just don't get... Like Game Informer, 9.8 for Zelda. So what? How, What's how that point? Judging, what is yeah. that point two done? What have they done to deserve mm. that disgrace? I, mean, I kind of think it just gives you that. It's not absolutely perfect. There's a couple of small gripes that I might... But... I think broadly, it's still just aligns better. You just get a more consistent and broader spectrum, I think, of where that game sits. Mm. Um, so that's just my personal view on it. And I do agree, there is a, there is validity in would you recommend this to me or not? So if you said to me, I oh, know, I want to play so-and-so, what do you think? I wouldn't go, I wouldn't give you a fucking review about it and go eight out, seven out of ten, pick the bones out of it. Right. Basically, would you, you'd want me to go... Is this worth playing or not? Yeah. Like, oh, Spider-Man, thing- that's worth playing. For some reason, you sandbagged that. Yeah, I don't know. That's unfortunate. Got Spider-Man um, 2 coming up. Get cat caught up like you did with God of War. Yeah, I mean, there is an argument that I should do that, really. That's sloppy. Um, that's, that's but sometimes you just have to draw the line. I might not. I mean, I wanted to get up to speed with Jedi Fallen Order, but I just mm. don't think that's going to happen, to be honest. No, based not, on what I've played, if it's not resonating, it might have to take to go to the bins, and then Spider Man would be a good replacement, in my view. Yeah, nice. Open I don't mind world. going back to stuff and going right. I should play that. Like it's not off the menu for me to do it. Um, but yeah, sometimes doing old games and doing the newer ones as well is sometimes a bit of a tricky balance. Spider-Man I've got all that stuff that to work old. through. Spider-Man feels it's pretty not, modern, no, yeah, like, no. that one. But... The problem is I feel like I'd have to start that again now. What, Spider-Man? Yeah. Did you start it, did you? Yeah. Oh. Well. I think I got about 15 hours through it. Bloody that hell. That was on the PS4. Yeah, well, get that PS5 version. Get those yeah. glorious 60 FPS. Then get Miles Morales done. Nice little short one. Get geared up for Spider-Man 2 late this year. Mm. That's my recommendation. Mate, it's a consideration. It's a consideration, that's for sure. Considering Fallen Order's falling yeah. off the plate. Well, happens, doesn't it? Which is unfortunate. It, it has to happen. Anyway, mm. enough about review scores. It's nonsense. Platinum, gold, silver, bronze is where it's at. And you haven't got it snarled up in these numbers. Wow. You know where it goes. Platinum doesn't mean perfect, but it means it's fucking good. And that's all yeah. you need to know. 
Yeah, if, anything anything outside point. of that, don't bother with. <laughs> really. Only play the plats. No, sorry, anything outside of the gold, silver, <laughs> yeah, it'd be a short list if it was only the plats. Or well, the way fucking Adcock goes through them, he seems to give a platinum for everything. So it's got to be reined in a little bit. But anything outside of a bronze bin and then everything else, worth a look if you like what we yeah. say. And then you don't get caught up on the scores. Yeah, no, it's a valid point. It's we, a valid point. We can give Tears of the Kingdom a platinum and God of War, and there's, you don't have to worry about, oh, why are they both 10s? I know they're both in this little league. They're both in the top league. That's fine. Mm. You see, in my little head, just to, just to clarify it, mm. I go bronze 7, silver yeah, I 8, know people do this. gold it's, 9, platinum yeah. 10. That's not That's the intent. That's how I do it. That's not it, the well, intent. It, well, so for me, I don't use that because I don't like I know. I just like, I know you don't, which is why I then deliberately go about translating it for you. Get me out of here. Right. What we got? Immortality. And telling lies. That was something that I reviewed a little while back. So that's going to be the closeout session. I think you did the interview. Yeah, I think so. I was just thinking about that. Yeah. So that was a while ago, that one. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to chuck that in there for people to see. So immor- it, telling lies and immortality. Both interesting games, if no- if nothing else. Anyway, if you made it this far, we appreciate your time. Logan and I are just going to transition out. But we will see you on the other side. Here we are then, back with some game impressions to close out this edition of Idle Game Chat. Got Apps and Logan here. I'm pulling a double shift with this. We've got Telling Lies and Immortality. Now, not going to do Telling Lies in any sort of depth, because we've actually covered it. Agcock did it a while back, so you can find that in the archive if you want a more succinct version of this. But they are related because it's the same kind of lead developer, Sam Barlow, on it, and I played them as a bit of a one-two punch. Um, So rather than just have Logan fumble around here, I'm just going to go into Telling Lies very briefly and give it its grading, if at all it deserves it. But it's one of these... um, games where you're watching live action take place and you're watching video clips of people talking and interacting with one another and you're trying to piece together some sort of mystery okay so you use it as like a computer database on the screen that you interact with and search for key terms you know like murder and it'll bring up the video clips that have that term in it and over time you kind of piece together you try and piece together what's happening there's certain I think key videos you have to have watched for it to kind of tick along and get to the end of the game but it's very it's non-linear kind of storytelling because you can kind of end up in all sorts of unknowns potentially depending on what route you've taken you may have you may spend an hour chasing down a lead which ends up being a load of old guff so that's (laughs) that's always the the risk you play what's different about telling lies because her story was sam barlow's sort of breakout game i would say personally one that i enjoyed very much is this now has kind of four characters in it rather than just the one and you only ever see one side of a conversation so as we record this podcast you know there's a video of logan here audio listeners won't see this but there's a video of me here the way that they structure telling lies is you only ever see one side of it so during this interaction whatever you say they're only going to hear me for now and when you start talking, they'll just see me sort of sitting there, like reacting. And the idea is that over time, you want to try and find the second half of that video so you can piece together the entire conversation. Now, it's a good idea in principle, but where it falls down for me is that 
there's no way of stitching those two clips together seamlessly at all. So even once you know that you've got side A and side B of one conversation, you can't watch it in its full, which seems like a bit of a blower to me because it gets tiresome having to listen and watch one-sided conversations. Um, mm. So I think that was a little bit of a a misstep, if I dare say that, about old Barlow. Because So essentially, sorry, just to yeah. clarify that. So essentially, say like here where I, I would question you, yep. I wouldn't hear the question. No. So I could go, yep. I could ask you anything and you could give me a response so that I'm left to interpret yep. from a viewer's perspective what that question might have been. Indeed. And then you, so you're thinking, right, what did he respond to? What question could you have asked? Yeah. Or vice versa. Or vice versa, I mean, yeah. You only see the bloody questions. So I get it. It's, kind of, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. It keeps you on your toes because you're never given the mm. full kind of story. And... Again, you're left to piece the game, the, the the narrative together yourself, and mm. um, that comes with, with pros and cons. But generally, mm. I was, I felt like there should have been an option, especially towards the back end, where you're kind of like, I'm, I know I'm like two videos away from unearthing everything. I just mm. want to see these conversations in their entirety. So um, that was a bit of a blow. But generally, really well acted as they need to be because it's all live action, and um, you just don't. There's not many games like this out there. So if at all the thought of these games tickle your interest, they are worth a go. They're normally very cheap, um, no more than sort of 20 quid, closer to 12 to sort of 15 pounds. But also they've been on and off Game Pass as well. So when I played Telling Lies, I played it via Game Pass. I think I bought her story on Steam back in the day for like a fiver, and that was well worth it. But overall, Telling Lies is another sort of good entry into these live-action um mystery games and uh i would chuck it into the bronze category of the gallery so that's where that one's going to go and like i said if you want more in-depth conversations and scenarios agcock and i did talk about this a little while back so just search in the podcast app or on youtube as it would have been in the description somewhere or another now the meat and potatoes of this session is actually to talk through immortality which is again sam barlow um, under the guise of a studio called Half Mermaid Productions. This is a similar thing, live action, acted, no um, no rendered models roaring around, nothing to control necessarily, um, but it's a little bit of a twist, whereas her story and telling lies were you've got a database to interact with, you search for terms, find the video... This gives you a kind of like a, a cutting board almost. And in order to get... It'll show you one clip to start with. And you think, well, what am I doing there? There's nowhere to type in, you know, a word or a phrase. So, But rather than type in a word or a phrase, they, they ask you to do what they call match cutting. I don't know if this even exists. This might even be a load of old <laughs> nonsense, this technique. I don't know. But essentially, you click on items in the in the scene... So again, it's live action. This is all real people, real props and whatnot. Click on someone's face. Seemingly, it will randomly take you to a clip with that person in it. So then you think, oh, there's a cigarette box there. Click on that. That'll take you to another clip. Gun, click on that. Window, click on... So over time, you kind of have to build out all the different clips that this game has to offer and again, piece together what's going on. I'm going to start with the store description, just to set a little bit of a tone, okay? Marissa Marcel would have been a star. 
She made three movies, but none of them ever released. And Marissa Marcel disappeared. Explore three lost films. Ambrosio from 1968. Minsky from 1970. Two of Everything from 1999. Match cut your path through the footage and solve the mystery. What happened to Marissa Marcel? Immortality is the new interactive trilogy from Sam Barlow, creator of Her Story and Telling Lies. So you've got three, you've got a load of footage essentially to discover from three films. Now, the films are a mixture of, you know, them doing the shoot so it's actually the the film playing out as though they were they were directing it and it's being acted so you'll hear like action and the actors do the scene and it'll say cut so you might just get a scene like that but they also blend in behind the scenes footage there's clearly on one of them they're doing a documentary and it's showing like footage from that they show footage from kind of like screen testing so where they where they're going to location shoots to kind of see whether this is an appropriate apartment to use or doing chemistry tests between actors and actresses, etc. So there's a hell of a lot to try and uncover. And your only way to navigate through this is using the kind of items that are on the screen or in this in the shot basically and trying to find new little threads to pull on and whatnot. And there's kind of three things at play here. There's there's the plot of the movie, which you kind of don't understand until you've watched enough of it there is the dynamic of the character of the of sorry of the actors outside of their characters so how they interact with the you know they're, they're doing a job at the end of the day how they interact yeah. outside of the you know when when they're on set and then there's what i call the rabbit hole which is like this other overarching kind of narrative that's at play as well and this game is fucking weird at times. <laughs> it's unsettling. It's not necessarily scary, but there's a few times when I had the back of my the hair on the back of my neck prickled up and I was a bit like, oh, this is really I was not expecting this at all when I sat down to play it, and it really did catch me off guard. Um I don't know how much else I can really say, to be honest, <laughs> about giving away things, but I will do my best to navigate any questions you've got. It's clearly a when we talk about telling lies, that's a unique game in itself. But this just takes mm. everything to a new level. And there's some really fascinating things in there. I just... I kind of... The, the acting, again, is super, super, super sublime. You think about... They, they've kind of got to put on free hats. They've got, they've got to mm. act in the film, you know, while the footage is run. They've got to act outside of the film as though they're they, these real people. And then there's this other stuff going on beyond all that. It's... Um, <laughs> It's really got a lot of elements to it, despite sounding on the face of it <laughs> quite um, quite the uh, the mundane kind of exercise. But it's anything but. Um, but it does come with its its own issues. Anyway, the waffle's been stopped. I don't even know if you, <laughs> you can even process what's occurred. Try, I'm trying to. Firstly, match cutting is a thing. Oh, okay, so- okay. Great. It's essentially a cut from one shot to another where the composition of the two shots are matched by the action of the subject and subject matter. So it's basically more, more than often than not by the looks of it used in film editing where they're transitioning through several shots to make it as one gotcha. scene. Yeah. So 
I presume when they're referring to match cutting, they mean it's the way that they transition from one clip to another. Yeah, and that's what happens. Um, you'll like you'll click on whatever which is doing, I guess, the match, and it will cut mm. to a new clip. You know, within this hidden reel of, of footage that's lurking. So I guess I'm trying to piece this together in my head. So when you <laughs> when you get this clip, how long is the clip? It can range. So most of them are probably no longer than a couple of minutes. Some are like five minutes, some are 30 seconds, some are 10 seconds. Um, okay. Well, actually, one of the frustrating things is they don't tell you that before you click on it. Yeah. So on, on Telling Lies, it would have like a, a, a runtime. So you kind of knew what you're getting yourself in for. Um, mm. So not having that was a little bit of a blow. But it depends. Sometimes it's just literally... And there's loads of red herrings in there. There's loads of footage in here that clearly doesn't serve any purpose to any of the story. Like, yeah. it will just be them putting a mug down. And it's part of the film. To, <laughs> like, and it's like, oh, okay. Like, yeah. so there's a lot of that in there as well to sift through. But they do vary quite, quite a lot. Okay. So... Do you watch the clip and then it kind of stops and then you've got the option to click on things? I presume you don't just go halfway through and go, I want to click on that, and then it no. stops that clip and moves to another one. No, you can do that. You can pause it any time. Um, yeah. You can fast forward and you can rewind. So okay. what I tend to do was watch the clip just as it was, rewind it to things that, I, as I was going through, I was like, okay, that, that looks like something I might want to click on because I've not seen mm. that, that prop or that person before. And then I would go back to kind of see that, yeah. Um, and where I say there was this like third element, this sort of rabbit hole for you to go down, um, when those moments are happening, there's audio cues in the background. So you kind of know there's something else to discover if you mm. pay a bit more attention or figure out what the mechanic is to to kind of explore that, that, that particular rabbit hole. Um, and that actually leads me on to the biggest criticism. I play this on PC. I play Telling Lies on PC because... You know, telling lies, you, you're tapping phrases into a database. I don't want to be doing that on a controller. No. The, this, you're match cutting. So you're sort of moving your mouse around, tapping on items, and it's taking you elsewhere. Mm. What I didn't realize is they had put a lot of effort into... Um, they put a lot of effort into tipping you off when you might want to change what you're doing with in terms of the... The, the clip, the way it's playing, whether you want to reverse it or do something else of it in the controller, it vibrates like crazy when there's like a, a moment for you to potentially discover. And yeah. you don't get that on PC. The mouse doesn't have any of that featured in. The keyboard doesn't have that, any of that featured in. So mm. I was running with this cack-handed for most of the game. And I even plugged in the controller afterwards because I was struggling at one point. I was like, I'm just, I just don't know what's going on here. Mm. And I plugged the controller in. Like This is after this is after I finished the game. I discovered this. Uh, that they, okay. they had kind of developed it this way. And then I went through a clip and I was like, oh, my God, I'd have known that straight away. It's, it's mm. fucking going mental here. It's clearly something more for you to discover. And... So that was a bit of a blow. I'm disappointed that they didn't put something at the start of the game saying we've developed this round controller use. Feel free to use your mouse and keyboard, but the controller is up the way we would recommend playing this. Yeah, um, because that's of that. fair. And yeah. so I did lose quite a bit of the game because of that, to be honest. Um, and it mm. felt like that's an easy fix. You just drop drop it in the notes at the beginning and say, here you go. You know, if you don't, if you want to carry on yeah. using your mouse and keyboard, just be aware. You know, you're probably going to have a more of a, uh, I don't know if an immersive is the right word, but you'll you'll probably find more if you use the controller. 
Yeah, I think that's fair. It's interesting that that should be the case. You wouldn't have expected that. So I think your presumption to use a mouse and keyboard yep. is perfectly fair based on your previous games you've played as well. Yeah. Um, okay, so I guess I'm trying to piece this together. So the one thing that I'm curious to try and probe into, which I'm not yet sure you'll be able to say much, is but how does it make you feel so uncomfortable? Um, because they do such a good job of the sound and as you, as you delve further into the clips, you kind of realize that obviously something's occurred throughout these films, yeah. throughout these movies for them never to be released. And you're not sure what they are. And you may not be sure by the end because it's never in, in many cases, not explicitly kind of spelled out, right. but there it's just the nature of you know something has happened and you don't know when you're going to kind of see it unfold, if at all. So you'll be watching certain clips thinking, what's going to happen here? Like This is a very controlled environment, but I know this movie wasn't released for X reason because right. I found a clip of the director doing an interview explaining why it wasn't released. And you're like, yeah. fuck. Oh my God, what's happening here? So it's kind of more of, it gets in your head in that you know that there's potentially going to be stuff that's occurring that shouldn't be um, so you're expecting the unexpected you're expecting the unexpected and also the the rabbit holes that i'm vaguely mentioning as well are just mm. outright creepy at times so right. you know once you start getting snarled up in those you mm. you know all bets are off it's fucking wild it's it, it, <laughs> it's absolutely wild what is occurring <laughs> it's unbelievable <laughs> So you would never guess it. You never, un- no, never well, in a million years, anyone would ever guess this. I was just like, I can't believe. Considering this is the thing, considering how grounded, like her story and telling mm. lies is, this is just something else. I was like, wow. Right, okay. Interesting. So, um, and I'm trying to figure out a way of of probing it. I mean, I guess you know, it's a very different way of playing a game. Mm. Do you think this game, I'm trying to not be leading the question, but do you think this is building upon this kind of genre of game? Or do you think from what you put, do you prefer where this has gone as opposed to her story or telling lies? I think is what I'm trying to get at. Like, do you think this Mm. is just a different game in its own right? Do you think it's an evolution, a de-evolution? Devolution, I think. Yeah. Well, it's using, I guess, yeah, it's using live action to tell its story, which is where the common thread is between her story, Mm. telling lies, and this. But the way you interface of it is different. Now, I found Mm. the interfacing somewhat frustrating because Mm. there's two things. One thing that's really good is that all your clips remain visible throughout. So your whole, every clip you discovered is on this big reel and you can see them individually and you can just click on them yeah. and watch them. In the other two, in Telling Lies and Her Story, you was limited to a maximum of like five at any one time. Okay. And you never had this like repository of what you discovered to look back upon. Mm. So that's the good point. Now, the, where it gets a little bit of a, I find an issue, is this whole issue of match cutting. <laughs> Seemingly random where you're going to be taken. Like, you could click on the same scene, the same cigarette in the same scene five times, and then I couldn't work out why it would take me to one scene over the other each time. So what oh. you would get is you may... Because initially I thought, well, once you've clicked on the cigarette in scene A, it's always going to take you to scene C. 
So I haven't got to go back to that scene and click it. No, sometimes you click on the cigarette in scene A and it'll take you to scene B. So there was, it was really tricky to discover new scenes, it's particularly when you're only looking for a very few, you know, a very slim amount of clips that are left. Like, I felt like I was at the mercy of the game deciding that it was going to take me towards this clip that I hadn't seen before, rather than me sussing out anything clever, saying, oh, that's a new, you know, proper, a new face in the background. It was, okay, if I click on the cigarette this time, it might take me to something new. And, then, and I could never really track or understand exactly where it was taking me and why, which made it difficult in the sort of last third of the game to really get on top of finding the clips. Now, I did find every single clip that was on offer. I got the <laughs> achievements across all the films that were available, so I was happy with that. But it was a chore to try and to try and get through all that. It really was. I wouldn't have even thought to ask you that, because I presumed no. it was obvious that one item... <clears throat> would lead you to one clip. Maybe there's some sort of logic that I never picked up on, but I, I'm telling you, I, I couldn't. You click on the, you click on the actor, it'll take you to, you know, whatever clip from a different film. You click on that, that go back to that same scene, click on the actor again, it'll take you to that actor in a different film. And I was like, well, what are we doing here? Yeah, and I, I guess mean, for the, I guess for the law of yeah. averages, if you click on everything in in any given scene, I guess they expected it to take you to all the important parts, but. Obviously, when you're never quite sure what you're missing, because the game never explicitly says, you know, you're missing four clips or like the, the credits will roll in this game. I really didn't have a, a strong idea of what was happening. And that is the game definitely wants you to not exactly understand. It was leaving a lot down to your own interpretation based on how much you have or haven't seen. But diving back into the game, exploring further... Mm. There's a lot there that I hadn't seen. I still, I had a completely different understanding of the game when I first saw the credits compared to when I went back in to to the game, um, because I found out new things or I, I I interpreted things differently with the information I was given, and I kind of wish I'd left it at the credits because it became more of a video game at the time when I was just going back in to try and find everything. It became a I, you know, you know, Ronnie was getting annoyed that he wasn't yeah, quite yeah. understanding it all, and I really feel like I should have just more, been more restrained and gone, look, whatever that um, was, was fucking <laughs> strange, mm. enthralling, extremely well acted, enjoyable. I should just go to bed now and leave this and just mm. fester on it and and let it be that. But I I couldn't resist. I went back in and it kind of got worse the more I prodded <laughs> and tried to find out more about him more I was like I want information out of you but I don't want to look it up and I didn't so kind of my own fault but also uh, a warning for people not to if you if you want to understand everything clear as day why things are happening what's happened this ain't the game for you it ain't going to give you that you're going to be sitting there left thumb up arse thinking I'm not quite sure what that was I think I know what it was but man, that was a, that's an experience that you just don't get with many many games either. So it's a double-edged sword. All this, all this non-linear storytelling is a double-edged sword because you could jump into this game and have the worst experience. Click on all the wrong items, go to all the boring stuff and then think, oh, what apps? What are you talking about? And someone else could click on it and get all the good clips. Like they might click on you know the glass instead of the cigarette and it'll take them down a different road and... I do appreciate the amount of work that goes into these games. They must be so hard to develop and, and put together. But they do come at a cost for most people, I feel. I feel like most people would sit and play this and think, 
what is going on here? And I'm not even sure I understand. They just chuck credits in your face. So it's one of those things. I think the more you try and... Some games, the more you put into it, the more you get out to it, get out of it. Mm. I felt like the more I put into it, the harder it became, and therefore I was receiving less from it. Um, is that because the storyboard isn't... It doesn't... Every every element of it doesn't have... Mm. I'd say an ending, but an answer, or, or it, it doesn't tie off all the loose ends as you'd like it to. Like Rather than it being something that's you can tie all the pieces up to it goes, well, there's a little bit going on up here that gave yeah. you saying, but it, it, like everything's a bit more chaotic than you just being it's, able to tie off all the loose ends. Chaotic is the word. I think, I think everything is probably there, but you need to have made sure you've gone a layer deeper or a third layer deeper in certain clips to have really understood what's happening. Mm. And I was caught I was, because of the lack of feedback on the, on the mouse and keyboard, I was kind of missing some of those, those layers mm. Um, it wasn't until I kind of discovered that that I went back in and was like, oh, I need to, I can go an extra layer here if I if I play my cards right. But at that point, I was already kind of frustrated about the controller situation, and it it undone the sort of magic of just sort of leaving it on that on this on this on this wherever I was when the credits rolled, where I weren't quite sure what was happening, and I wasn't, I, I had an idea, but. There was no way I could be sure, and perhaps I should have just walked away at that point and just gone, fuck me, what are we doing here? <laughs> so, I mean, is there anything pertinent that you think that you would want to add? Because it's a really challenging one to, I guess, probe to ask the right questions on. I no. guess I'll kind of leave it to your <laughs> judgment if there's anything else, good or bad, that we haven't discussed that you want to... That you think's noteworthy? I don't think so. I think I've I'll say as much as I kind of want to without. There's mm. no point me going deeper. It's like it's for people to go off and discover how the game yeah, yeah. kind of functions. That's really that is a great kind of moment when you start to figure out exactly how everything's kind of working, and then you know you go off on your own little mm. journey. I think it's what's great about these games is that you everyone will have a different journey and. Given what I know, I think people will come to far different conclusions depending on when you stopped, how much mm. further you delved into it, you know, all that sort of stuff. I think that's, that's interesting to, to put a game out like that where you don't yeah. have this sort of one-note narrative that's going on. There's there's there's, mm. all, there's all sorts for people to discover. The only other thing, and this is just purely not related to the game, but the Xbox PC app was fucking garbage <laughs> throughout this. I, diabolical. Um, if I played the game... Yeah, stopped for like mm. I don't know an hour. Went to lunch or whatever. Tried to play later. There was just a random chance that the game wouldn't boot up. Just some random error. And I'm not I'm not prepared to blame the game for that because I've never experienced that in my playthroughs of the, these games on Steam or whatever. And I know that Xbox app on PC is flimsy at times. So I'm chucking the blame at Phil's feet. I had to restart the PC if I wanted to get back in the game. So. Game Pass, yeah, I mean, yes, handy because there was no cash being outlaid. But you know, just beware if you're on that bloody app because it's it's not to be trusted. I think it's been updates since I've played it. Actually, gone in, they've improved it, but still, I just don't find I, this is other games as well. I just find it a little bit dodge. I don't know what it is. I don't trust that Xbox app, but it's a necessity when I'm playing games on PC for Game Pass. So kind of have to just suffer with it suck it up yeah. yeah but i won't i won't ding the game for that at all because that's fair I'd, enough I'd, i think i'm gonna chuck the blame at phil's feet even if that's not correct 
another problem at Phil's door. <laughs> um, so I'm I guess giving you we'll... away games and you're chucking blame at my feet. Like, well, <laughs> first world problems, mate. Yeah, if you're going to cause me problems, I'll put them at your feet. I respect everything else that's going on. Um, okay, then. So let's, uh, let's move on to the final part, shall we? So it's the usual drive. As, as we now know, it's to an, in the electric car to pull up outside. Uh, well, the, the apparently, famous. they're adding tax to those soon, so I'll be bidding that if they're doing that. 2025, yes. Okay, so that little that. perk's gone now, pretty much. That's um, one way to drive adoption, isn't it? Well, obviously losing some money, aren't they? And they're going, well, not that fast. (laughs) I want want that quick adoption. Um, So, yeah, we'll pull up outside the gallery. Are we going in? We're going in, yeah. I think we... Excellent. It'd be silly not to go in. Yep, cool. So we'll go down to to Apps' exhibition, Mm. where there's all your great and not-so-great games, but still good. Mm. Um, Where are we going to put? Immortality. I'm going to chuck Immortality in the... I'm going to bless it with a silver. Uh, it had, interesting. It definitely had potential to make it as a gold, but wow. <clears throat> one that the, the controller situation is not signposted is 101. It's like, come on. Yeah. It, but even without that, it is just a bit... Too much at times. The chaotic is the word that I, as I remember playing through it, I was thinking this is, this is bonkers, and that is kind of one of the appeals of the game. But also, mm. it trying to fight the match cut was a blow. And as I said, if I had stopped, I think earlier, I would have it would have been sitting there on a goal. But where I was match cutting more than the average match cutter. I was starting to get frustrated. Like, where are? What am I missing here? There's clearly pieces that are missing, and all this context that's missing. And that was exasperated by the controller, you know, kind of feedback not being there to direct help you during those Mm. moments. And then also just that the match cutting to me seemed a bit random, and that there was no logic behind it that I could suss out and go, right, I need to be doing it in this way because the maths will tell me it will lead somewhere else. So I click on the cigarette five times and you're like, well, we've gone to five different clips. Then I'll click on the cigarette five more times and you go to two clips and it just cycled it. And I'm like, what's going on here? What's really happening? So yeah, I don't know if there's a way of fixing that, but uh, you know, outside of that though, everything else is really good. Um, it's certainly an interesting and unique game, if nothing else. Those that have enjoyed the, the past games, I think will find something here. Um, Unless you are really, I don't know, obsessed with typing in words into databases and that's like the main draw for you. But I feel like the non-linear storytelling here is is better than perhaps the others. It's it's like I said, it's wild. It's, um, it's rambunctious. There's all sorts of occurring. There's a lot more happening for you to try and figure out. And there's many, 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 many different layers to it. But I think that creates a much more sort of richer experience to run through go through all the mm. clips and there's a lot more to discover um and your your mileage will kind of vary i guess as to how far you want to go with going down the rabbit holes and whatnot but just be warned the match cutting can make it um problematic if you want to get everything that's possibly on offer there so a nice silver uh, certainly a unique game i'm 
I'm interested to see what they do next because it's really felt like I don't know how they top that in terms of the themes and what's occurring. I really don't. Like it's just completely, completely beyond anything that I thought was they were capable of. So eyes certainly on Sam Barlow and the, uh, the I think it's Undead Mermaid crew. It's um, something to keep an eye on, but a, a nice silver. Yeah, I, I, I'm always going to have to go away and do some digging on this game because it just sounds bizarre. I would uh, say it's on Game Pass. Just boot it up on there one night, play for two, three hours and just see what you get. And then be done with it. Yeah. And maybe possibly. not. Maybe you'll be like, I need to keep carry on playing this. Yeah, I don't know. I think the one thing that I don't, I don't like things that are unsettling. But it's not uh, like uh, it's not like scrabblers and all this sort of stuff. No, it's just no. it's just uneasy at times. Mm. Which maybe you'll get to a point like and you'll be like, I ain't dealing with this. Which is fine. I'll be really interested to hear that, that yeah. take place. But I would encourage if people are for whatever reason thinking I don't quite understand what he's said for all that, but I'm intrigued. I would just encourage people to go out and and play it. If you see it at a price point that you you enjoy, or if it's on Game Pass still, as you're kind of listening to this, or it's on another subscription service, I mean, give it a go, and you, you, you'll either love it, or I can see it being very Marmite, you'll either love it or you hate it, but I shall say no more, I'll leave the audience and Logan puzzled at what to do next with this, yeah. this immortality, you can see the cogs spinning in his head about whatever to consider giving it a download, it really is just one of those unique games that don't come along very often, and it will sit there with a nice silver in my personal game showcase in the dim digital gaming gallery but that's it for this edition of idle game chat we'll be back on the next edition to hopefully break down a video game that we've been playing and probably touch upon the latest goings on but nothing more for us to say here other than thanks for your time and ta-da This was a Dimp Digital production.